if we see 40% increase for some of these utility companies, it's probably going to be more like a 20% increase of what people are actually paying. Welcome to Pennsylvania in Focus. I'm Cole McNeely, General Manager of America's Talking Network. If you have not already, we ask you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to this podcast so you don't miss any new episodes of Pennsylvania in Focus. Now here's your host, Dan McCaleb. Thank you, Cole, and welcome to the Pennsylvania in Focus podcast powered by the Center Square. I'm Dan McCaleb, executive editor of the Center Square Newswire service. Pennsylvania in Focus is a production of America's Talking Network. You can find all of the Center Square's great podcasts at americastalking.com. That's americastalking.com. Joining me again today are Anthony Hennon, our Pennsylvania reporter. How are you doing, Anthony? I'm good. I'm good. Nice to uh, talk to you again. And managing editor Alan Wooten, who oversees the Center Square's coverage in Pennsylvania and other U.S. states. Welcome, Alan. Good afternoon, Dan. Good afternoon, Anthony. Uh, we are recording this on Thursday, May 12th. Why don't we jump uh, right into the news? Um, of course, Americans, uh, Pennsylvanians, and all Americans have been keeping an eye on uh, gas prices because the cost of gas goes up. But in Pennsylvania, um, uh, uh, energy home energy prices are also expected to go up in June. Anthony, you wrote about this this week. Tell us about it. Yeah, so uh, the Pennsylvania Public Utility Commission is kind of throwing a heads up out there um, for the public uh, because natural gas prices have gone up and they're kind of hitting some peaks we haven't seen for a while, 10, 12 years, essentially. Um, so they, they've been announcing um, a uh, fee increase to cover this natural gas price increase. Um, in Pennsylvania, you know, the, uh, power, the power generation companies uh, can't actually make a profit off the generation cost. Uh, that's by law. Um, but, you know, the, uh, the cost can go up if, you know, natural gas prices spike uh, like they have been. Um, so we're looking anywhere between 6% increases to 45% increases. Um, a lot of these are coming in around 20 to 30 percent. Uh, so, you know, uh, Pennsylvanians, especially in the summer, they're going to see uh, their utility bills going up a bit. Um, this isn't, you know, this isn't a 44 percent increase is not going to generate into 44 uh, percent higher payments for this year. If we see 40 percent increase for some of these utility companies, it's probably going to be more like a 20 percent increase um, of what people are actually paying. But the problem is summer's peak electricity usage. So if people aren't uh, aren't trying to cut back or anything like that, they could get hit with a much higher bill than they'd be expecting. Sure, air conditioning's on and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what what kind of percentage do you think that we would be looking at for uh, homes in Pennsylvania that that rely on natural gas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's kind of hard to say because some of it just depends on what part of the state you're living in. Um, they haven't announced utility increases for uh, the Pittsburgh or Philadelphia areas yet, though they're thinking it's going to be at least 6% based on some earlier estimates. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, personally, my energy use jumps two or three times during the summer just from air conditioning alone. Um, so, you know, people looking at uh, looking at their bills, it's, it's, it's going to be higher anyway as uh, the heat goes up, but it's definitely going to kick in even worse um, this summer. Uh, looking at a year ago, natural gas prices were about $2.96 per million BTU. Um, this week or last week, they were they jumped 2.6 times. They're up to $7.84. Um, so though in the, in the long term, natural gas prices um, have been dropping precipitously over the last decade, 
um, inflationary pressures, uh, the pandemic, uh, global events like Russia invading Ukraine, um, all that is driving up prices for natural gas. So it's going to going to hit a bit harder than usual. Yeah, and, and that hit's going to come as, you know, there's 40-year high inflation that affects everything from groceries. And, of course, I mentioned um, uh, the cost of gasoline um, up front. Those prices have uh, risen this week. The national average, um, according to AAA, uh, of a price of a gallon of gasoline is now uh, is about $4.42 a gallon. In Pennsylvania, it's, it's even higher than that. It's about... Uh, four dollars and fifty-seven cents a gallon. Do you, do you do you hear much from motorists in your area, Anthony, uh, complaining or friends or family about the cost of gasoline? Yeah, so I'm kind of spoiled here, being right in the middle of Philadelphia, where I'm. I'm it's much easier for me to walk around or take the bus. I can avoid paying out for these higher prices. Um, but I mean, generally in the area, yeah, I mean people people are taking notice. People are annoyed. Um, Attorney General Josh Shapiro, who is running um, as a Democrat's candidate for governor, um, he floated the idea of sending a, a $250 gas card to every um, uh, every driver up to four people per household as a way to kind of uh, smooth these things over. So, I mean, you know, people are taking notice. Politicians are taking notice. Um, you know, it's just one of those times where it's just a uh, all sorts of factors are hitting all at once. And so it's rough of either trying to find that extra money, find a way to cut down on their driving or their energy usage. Um, the Pennsylvania Utility Commission spokesman was talking to me and he said, the kilowatt of electricity that you don't use is the cheapest electricity you'll ever have. Um, so they're you know, trying to push this angle of as much as you can personally cut back and it's not going to hurt as much. And hopefully in a few months, prices will be down. Things will kind of stabilize here. Um, we won't be hitting like we are at the peak right now. Yeah, it's hard to do though when, we, particularly if temperatures get up into the high 80s and 90s or even mm -hmm. higher than that, we'll see. For um, sure. Well, why don't we why don't we move on, um, Anthony and Allen? Um, uh, you wrote Anthony. You wrote a, a, a interesting enterprise piece um, this week. Uh, some school districts in less affluent areas in the state of Pennsylvania have sued the state Department of Education, saying that their funding uh, they're they're underfunded. Uh, is, is, is essentially you've done some digging over on overall uh, education funding in the state. What'd you find out? Yeah, so uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any one state across the U.S. where people approach education funding and are generally happy with the status quo. There's always some sort of argument or drama, lawsuits in a few instances. But look, looking at a uh, Pennsylvania statewide. Um, Education spending has gone up significantly um, since 2000. The uh, state portion of education funding has gone up more than 40 percent when you're looking at data from the Pennsylvania Department of Education. Um, so you're definitely you're seeing much more interest in the state boosting um, the payroll for and the, that 40 percent. That's that is uh, inflation adjusted. Um, so, you know, you, you've seen a lot more money getting poured into the public school system. Um, Pennsylvania is kind of split where uh, about comes out to about 35, 40 percent, I believe, of uh, ed education funding comes from the state. Um, and then most of the rest of that comes from local funding. And then you have some federal and other sources coming into it. Um, but when you look at like the state portion, um, the state has, has definitely been pouring a lot more money into this. Um, 
you know, you can find individual school districts where they're not happy or um, due to some other uh, the state funding formula, uh, their per pupil funding might be lagging behind where it should be. Um, but generally, uh, you know, the state has really been putting out a lot more money into this. Um, talking with the Commonwealth Foundation, they, they shared some data where Pennsylvania ranks top seven in the nation for education spending, for education spending. Uh, they're sending an average of $19,000 per student per year um, to education. It's, that's almost 30% higher than the national average of what states are spending wow. on education. So, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, again, you're always going to have individual districts either not happy or, you know, the uh, one-size-fits-all funding formula here not really hitting all the bases, but generally the state's sending a lot of money into it. And a bigger question is how that money is being spent and what we're actually getting for those funds. And did you find any, uh, in, in your digging around, did you find any correlation between how much money is spent and what kind of uh, results that we're getting from the students and the teachers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm again, I'm sure on individual levels for districts, you can point to some where you saw an increase in funding and also an increase in performance. But when you're looking at the system as a whole, um, there's not much data that suggests there's a strong correlation between um, how much money is being spent per student and the actual um, standardized test scores or how much of them are you know proficient in re- these reading math standards. Um, uh, you know, th- this money is not necessarily pushing for better scholastic performance here. Um, a lot of this money can go toward paying off pension debt for um, construction for schools, either you know new or older, um, other costs in those veins. So th- this idea of the more money we pump into the school system, the better off students are, isn't necessarily being held up. Um, you really have to look at what that new money is being used for. Um, you know, whether it's going to stuff that's more student focused or if this is just spending that's making up for stuff they neglected in the past, like making sure they're funding pension obligations, that sort of thing. Yeah, and that that idea of um, uh, uh, improving outcomes by uh, essentially pouring more money into it—that's that's a trend. That's you see that nationwide. If I'm not mistaken, I think New York State, Pennsylvania's neighbor, spends the most per student. Um, but their their outcomes, their results are um, uh, average or below average. Um, so anyway, it's something uh, in, in, interesting story. Good digging into that. Um, uh, I, I think taxpayers should be concerned when 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 uh, there's uh, talk of about you know anything needing more more money. But anyway, let's move on. Um, Anthony, as we talked about on the last uh, few episodes of Pennsylvania in Focus, we have an election coming up. In fact, it's just uh, next week, uh, May 17th, uh, will make their choices um, in a number of different uh, elections. This week, you previewed the Republican primary for uh, Senate. Yeah, so uh, again, th- this is another interesting race in Pennsylvania. Um, when we're looking at it, we basically have uh, we have five candidates polling at at least 5%. Um, you have uh, Dr. Oz, the famous um, surgeon who has a television show. You have a military veteran, uh, Kathy Barnett, um, a businessman, uh, David McCormick, the uh, former lieutenant governor nominee um, for the Republicans, Jeff Bartos and former U.S. Ambassador to Denmark, uh, Carlos Sands, 
then you also have a couple lawyers, um, George Bacchetto and Sean Gale are also running, but they're pulling at a couple percent each, essentially. Um, What's been interesting is for a long time with this race, uh, it had mainly just been uh, Oz and McCormick generally pulling neck and neck, kind of pulling away from the pack. Uh, But this sort of backfired for them because they've spent their money attacking each other, um, which has kind of opened up a space for uh, Kathy Barnett to catch up here. So when when you're looking at polls, um, the top three are all basically in a dead heat. You have Oz at 24.5%, Barnett is at 23.3%, and McCormick is at 21.6%. So there's there's not a lot separating those three. Um, and Barnett's really been surging the past week or two. Uh, when, when you're actually looking at their platforms here, um, it, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's kind of generally the uh, the Republican approach here that's big on deregulation, on um, you know get, getting rid of kind of these heavy-handed regulations tied to either the economy or to COVID. Um, they're all generally pro Second Amendment, um, pro life. Uh, Doctor Oz kind of. Is it, he's, he's gotten the endorsement from uh, former President Donald Trump, um, and he's also kind of pushing this idea of encouraging more volunteerism among the public to offer public service and take more action, get involved with their community. Um, when you look at Kathy Barnett, she's kind of coming out with a, with what she's calling a day one pledge for how she'll serve as a senator, um, pushing kind of her, her uh, goal to protect individual liberty, protect free speech. Um, also opposing civil asset forfeiture, which is an interesting one I hadn't seen um, on many candidates' radar. Which is essentially, if if you get if you get arrested for a crime, um, you know the police can confiscate some property that could have been used, you know, associated with the crime, either from straight the money you got from it or from um, just your vehicle that you may have used to drive there. But if you're not convicted, you know you're not guilty of anything. But generally. Um, Police agencies are allowed to keep the uh, keep the assets that they took in the process of civil asset forfeiture. Um, so it's interesting that she shined a light on that. Um, and then David McCormick is really coming out focusing on economic issues. Um, I mean, you look at his website; his first three campaign issues are about growing the American economy, about standing up to China, enforcing more tariffs and barriers to them, and um, establishing American energy independence by encouraging. Um, the development of natural gas and oil, this sort of thing. Um, so it, it, it's an interest. It's an interesting race, and it's not quite clear what's going to happen here. Both because you know McCormick is a little more of that kind of typical Republican candidate focused on economic issues. Um, Barnett is kind of coming out of essentially nowhere, where she didn't have a large presence in the state, but um, her campaign, she's been able to leverage the uh fight between mccormick and oz to create her own lane and then dr oz coming in from using his celebrity status to immediately being um well known across the state so it, it's not really clear how uh, things are going to break down next week what kind of um polling or discussion have you have you been able to hear from the public on what kind of things they want or what what's moving the needle for them uh, especially in a, in a in a race like this, where it's um, not not very many differences between the candidates. Yeah, I, I think a lot of this just comes down to personality and how someone really feels um, about the candidate. But I mean, of course, as across the U.S., 
Um, inflation has been a big issue. Um, concerns about jobs and the economy growing. Um, you know, healthcare concerns, immigration. Uh, you know, I, I don't think Pennsylvania is terribly unique in those sorts of things coming to play um, with the uh, with the leak of the Supreme Court's draft opinion on abortion. Um, that's played a little bit, but I don't think that's going to that won't make much difference in the primary here. Um, may, maybe down the road in the general general election. But a lot of it's just been sort of those basic economic issues of, you know, we have rising inflation. People are concerned about a possible recession in the future. What are you going to do to ensure that we still have growing prosperity and people can benefit from electing you? Yeah, and we've seen that nationwide with with inflation where it's at, that being a top concern of voters heading into these uh, midterm primaries. Uh, just one more reminder, the primary in Pennsylvania is uh, next week, May 17th. I look forward to seeing your coverage uh, of it, Anthony. And I'm guessing, unless something major happens or major breaks, I'm guessing that'll be uh, a topic or the topic of conversation on next week's Pennsylvania in Focus podcast. Mm-hmm. But let's let's move on. Um, in addition to covering election-related stuff and, and, and energy prices and that, the Pennsylvania legislature um, is in session. Uh, there was a hearing this week, Anthony, um, that you covered regarding uh, transportation issues, uh, particularly uh, public transit in, the, in Philadelphia. Tell us what's going on there. Yeah, so this was a uh, Senate Transportation Committee held a hearing um, at a SEPTA headquarters, which is the uh, uh, Philadelphia area areas uh, public transit system. Um, essentially, a, f- a few different panels trying to do more fact finding, information gathering to figure out, you know, what are these pressing issues going on. Um, so, what one one of the areas was something we've heard echoed in other um, other committee hearings surrounding public safety and crime. Um, this concern over being able to recruit new police officers. Um, and the outreach being done to vulnerable communities um, ending up in the transit system. Uh, so generally, SEPTA is budgeted for about 260 transit officers. Um, they're, they're not usually hitting that. Usually it's more 230, 240. Um, but right now, they're, they're only at 210. Um, so they're tw- 20 to 30 below what they're budgeted for, but then another 20 below their normal level. Um, you know, uh, SEPTA Transit Police Chief Thomas Nessel said, you know, they had uh, their first round of hiring process. They invited 961 people to come out and apply after making it through kind of these pre-screening sections. Um, only 78 people showed up. Um, so Nessel is only expecting maybe one or two to actually make it through the entire process. And when they do, that's another, it basically takes a year for them to get through the hiring process, get through the training process and be out and about keeping people safe on the subway system and um, transit system uh, more broadly. Uh, There's also been an issue since the pandemic hit of the mentally ill and the homeless coming into SEPTA to take shelter or place to stay either overnight or away from everything else. Um, So they're trying to do more outreach to, you know, help these people keep the public safe keep the uh, transit system working as a transit system. Um, though that has been, uh, that's been a very contentious point. Um, with the uh, committee hearing, the most, uh, the strongest actual criticism um, came directed at uh, SEPTA police and Thomas Nessel from uh, the transport workers union um, in Philadelphia. Uh, 
basically citing, you know, homelessness, drug addiction, crime in the subway system has been a very big problem. Um, they accused Nestle of not of demonstrating a lack of will to actually do something about it. Um, and really, this is becoming a problem because the, uh, you know, the people working for SEPTA, the, you know, taking driving the trains, the buses, taking, uh, you know, tickets, everything else. Um, these are the workers who are being threatened or being assaulted, having to deal with this crime um, on a daily basis. And so uh, the transport workers union was coming out saying, you know, we need we need deterrence in this in the subway system, in the transit system to make sure that people are safe, that things can keep humming along and working. Um, you know, the pandemic has exacerbated this in the last couple of years, the ongoing um, opioid crisis and the uh, negative effects of drug addiction has been another thing that they've been dealing with for years now. Um, so a lot of these issues are coming together and overlapping in some really negative ways. Um, on top of that uh, is the financial picture here where uh, SEPTA general manager Leslie, Leslie Richards was talking about, you know, she, she touched on these health and safety concerns, but she's also talking about these economic issues. Um, you know, they, and SEPTA has been spending more money on this. SEPTA put in uh, this year's budget went up 50% for spending on safety. Um, they have, a good amount of uh, federal subsidies coming in to make up for the drop off of uh, riders on public transit. So I, I'm in, in the short term, financially, they're all right. Um, they're basically they have stopgap funding going until the end of 2024. So they have a couple years of cushion here. Uh, but the problem is these federal subsidies are short term. They can't be relied on. It's unsustainable to uh, keep that up. And so the biggest thing here is making sure that Philadelphia is rebuilding ridership on um, SEPTA to make sure there's some long-term viability here to make sure that they have money coming in. Um, Richards pointed to SEPTA's operating budget. Um, before the pandemic, 37% of that was covered just from fare revenues, from people paying the fare, taking the bus, the subway, the train, whatever. Um, now it's at 18%. So they basically lost half the fare revenue from riders coming on. Um, and it's going to be really crucial for SEPTA in the future to make sure they can bring people back. Uh, so you have these financial pressures, and that's compounded by if people don't feel safe taking it, um, they're not going to bother. And it only takes one or two high-profile incidents, even if they're safer on SEPTA than other parts of the city. Um, if they feel less safe, they're going to avoid it, and that's going to present some big problems. Well, I look forward to your continued uh, coverage. Uh, Anthony of all things Pennsylvania, but that is all the time we have. Anthony and Alan, thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been the Pennsylvania in Focus podcast, part of the America's Talking Network. Find all of the Center Square's podcasts at americastalking.com. For Anthony and Alan, I'm Dan McCaleb. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll probably be talking a lot about the election. 